Hi, this is John Kennedy of New Jersey Manufacturing Extension Program, NJMEP. Uh, this is our monthly, uh, I guess you'd call it a podcast or talk show, or whatever. Uh, you know, working with the manufacturing talk radio guys, uh, you can always notice them because they've got those yellow jackets. I do not. Uh, but uh, they've asked us to uh, to talk to a few different uh, people in the industry because there's a lot of focus now on manufacturing. So we've discussed with other networks, center directors for MEP, which is a national program, as most of you know. Uh, we've talked with manufacturers, both in New Jersey and outside in New Jersey. But because the show is called Manufacturing Partnerships, Making Waves, and Christina, that's positive waves, right? You know, I don't want to make negative waves. Understood. We invited uh, Christina Renna, who is the president and CEO of the uh, South Jersey Chamber uh, of, of Commerce to uh, come on with us because to me, these relationships are critical for, for any state but for any MEP center. So uh, Christina, welcome. You may wanna you know, fill in a few gaps about what you're doing uh, first before we get to some questions. Sure, no, thank you so much, John, for the invitation. This is fun and it's certainly nice, you know, not only to always work with you, but to kind of be along this journey with you as you do this new endeavor and you know reach your tangibles out even a little bit further into the manufacturing world. Uh, it's really my pleasure to to be a part of it. So thanks for thinking of me. Well, as I said, it's a it's a good relationship. Recently, you know, we've worked together on a variety of things over the last few years, but recently, mm -hmm. uh, we do a state of the state of New Jersey manufacturing event, and we did our first South Jersey version. Uh, then you guys did your your manufacturing council program, which, uh, and I, I tell you this not because you're on with me, but you know I think it's one of the better ones that chambers do because it really has a focus on manufacturing, not on uh, every other industry sector. And the third thing is we opened a, a new office down in South Jersey, and you came along to help us cut that ribbon. So. These are, these, these are good things. And, and, you know, I know why it's so important to NJMEP and, and, and our, you know, manufacturers. Why is this connection in manufacturing so important to, to you guys down in South Jersey? Well, to, to start, there are such deep manufacturing roots here in South Jersey that a lot of people don't recognize or may not remember, uh, you know, dating back years and years, you know, Progresso is one that is more well-known, but, you know, getting back to Mannington Mills and, and, and manufacturing of all kind. Um, so we have a rich history here in South Jersey that a lot of people don't realize. And, you know, as we, as a chamber of commerce, we represent businesses of all shapes and sizes. But to your point, manufacturing companies have very specific and unique challenges that not all businesses have. Um, and so you take that, and then you also take the fact we're in South Jersey. You know, we always have a little bit of a chip on our shoulder here in South Jersey, John. You know, when he said, I guess it was probably nine months or a year ago to me, 
I'm opening an office in South Jersey. Stuff like this gets us folks here in South Jersey very excited. And I know that manufacturers down here in South Jersey very excited as well because you know we do feel a little forgotten. And so someone like our, you know me and our organization with the South Jersey Chamber of Commerce, we're here to help the manufacturers with their unique issues. But with you being down here in this partnership, we're just going to take it to a whole nother level, which is something that's really exciting because, you know, again, to your other previous point, you do things that I don't do and we do things that you don't do. And so there's a lot of good, um, you know, overlap there for us to, to really be able to help manufacturers in need. Well, that's a good point. And, you know, you and I were talking about, and actually Senator Mike Testa, who you know very well and who is one of the co-chairs of our manufacturing caucus in New Jersey, you know, he called me out on the fact that I said 20, 20 states uh, have less manufacturing than the, the southern eight counties of New Jersey. And he called me out on it and I gave him the list because it is true. You know, New Jersey, uh, we have a, a, a huge strong history of this and, uh, and you, you know, northern New Jersey, we got a chip on our shoulder too. I'm, I'm not sure why, but we do. Uh, it just comes with the- It's, with a, it's the, a Jersey thing. It's a Jersey <laughs> thing. Believe me, I'll, I'll be getting texts and emails from some of the other center directors who agree with that fully. Uh, <laughs> talking about that though, is that, you know, it, it took us some time to gain ground on a, on a good relationship. And that, that's true of any anything. And if you were recommending to, you know, another MEP, you know, uh, how to cut corners a little bit in the sense and, and develop that relationship quicker, um, uh, what would you suggest from what we've learned working together over the last few years? I think um, acknowledging each other's differences goes a long way. If you go in and you think these are both organizations that are almost competing organizations, which is not true. But if you go in and you, with that thought process, which a lot of other associations can be quote unquote competing because they're doing very similar things, um, then you're not gonna be as inclined to be open to hearing about ways to leverage partnerships in a way that is helpful for both of your clientele, membership base, people you're trying to serve. And so I think with our history with NJMEP and as a Chamber of Commerce, there was a little confusion early on what you do, what we do, and how we could help each other. And that's something that I'm pretty proud of the fact that you and I have figured out. You know, I have manufacturers that come to me and say, I need help um, with my labor pool, right? I mean, who doesn't right now? But I need help, you know, finding a skilled and trained workforce is next to impossible, which is mind blowing. Because here in New Jersey, we have a highly educated workforce and we have some amazing higher education institutions here in our backyard. So why can't our manufacturers find the people to fill these very high paying jobs? Doesn't make sense. Anyway, this is a long winded way of saying, I think you and I figured out a way 
that we could really complement each other that had never been explored before. And that is that I think as a chamber of commerce, you know, we do advocate, we are registered lobbyists, we are very involved in the technical legislative process on a lot of bills that could or may or may not become law that could impact manufacturers positively or negatively. And additionally, we're very involved with state government at all levels. As you know, so many manufacturers have issues, you know, with permitting, um, specifically DEP, right? Department of Environmental Protection, but uh, across the board, we have these fundamental relationships built in to what we do day in and day out that we can help navigate some of that regulatory confusion pretty easily in a way that I always hate it, John, when you say you're, you don't advocate because I think you do advocate. It's just a different definition of the word advocate, but you're not a registered lobbyist and your background isn't in politics, which please forgive me, everyone listening, my background is in politics. I know I'm not proud of it either, but, um, but, but it does help benefit our companies that we help serve at the chamber, and in this case, our manufacturing numbers. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you started with that. I, I've learned some things over my nine years, you know, because I started as a company owner. So I was a member of many chambers and so on over the years. Uh, but I learned, you know, like when somebody says you're members, I immediately stop them and say, we don't have members. And, and that's true. We're not an association. And I think that's an important, you know, you are built upon your members. Mm -hmm. uh, we are built upon our clients, but that's a different relationship. Sure. So we'd prefer them to be members of South Jersey Chamber or CIANJ, which is Commerce and Industry or some, somebody, because I think that's the thing. And, you know, you've sort of convinced me I do advocate for our industry, but, yeah. I, but I don't... I don't lobby because number one, it's not my skill set. It's not what we do at MEP, and because there's people that are much better at it than than me. I, I certainly have the passion for the industry, but I don't have the legislative and political knowledge that you know you guys bring to the table. And I think that's absolutely critical for you know for our companies, and and that's why I always recommend them to to join the, the, the local or the regional chamber because I found that when owning my companies, it was it was a number one because you know what? I, I needed somebody, hey, how do I get this through? How do I get my loading dock cleared? How do I get this, through? you know what I mean? Right. You know, DEP, they wanna put in, you know, wells. Why are they doing, why are they saying, you know? And, and the MEPs, while we can help you in the in the technical aspects of getting that well in there and and doing the monitoring we can't help you get that you know get the answers on the other stuff so it's absolutely critical to me to, to be part part of, uh, of both uh, and and I think we're finding we're, we are paving a different way to go about it in New Jersey and, and I'm proud of that I'm too I'm too because it I, I, I agree with you, John, too, that it, it has something that's been lacking. And I, I think that we are finding a way. I, and, and, and it only benefits the business community, economic development, and manufacturing as a whole. 
Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and you're right, staffing, and I'll ask you a question about that later on. Man, that's the number one issue, right? Mm-hmm, sure one is. Of, one of the things I, I wanted to ask you, and, and Olga, who does a great job trying to set up some questions for me, but this one is something that's been eating away at me a little bit because over the last couple of weeks, we've been together three times, I think, at different programs. And you always hear uh, the Manufacturing Caucus, which I think is very engaged and excited about helping the industry. They talk about a lot of bills and so on, but a lot of them don't get to the point of where they're actually going to help. What do you see, you know, from your experience as a path forward to some of this? Because it's nice to talk about a bill that you sponsored. It's better to talk about a bill that got passed. So where, where do you see some of that going? Because to be honest with you, I don't always see the path forward. Yeah. I mean, that's the frustrating, frustrating thing about the legislative process. And, you know, we all remember Schoolhouse Rock, right? How a bill becomes a law. But at the end of the day, a legislator can say, I'm the primary sponsor of this. And this is met with no disrespect to legislators on either side of the aisle, because we're also an apolitical organization. We don't, you know, endorse candidates or do any of that. Politicians across the board, though, they're politicians, right? So they're going to introduce a bill sometimes purely for the fact that that's going to generate a nice headline. And that headline on that press release or that newspaper article is going to say they can point to it and they can say, see, I care about manufacturing. And they do care about manufacturing. I'm not saying they, they don't. I'm not disregarding that. But that's not how the job gets done. If once that bill is introduced, then people like me, other lobbyists, or not lobbyists, it's such a dirty word, advocates in whatever shape they come in, John, you, need to get around that piece of legislation and bring it to leadership. Bring it to, in our case, Governor Phil Murphy. Bring it to Senate President Steve Sweeney. Bring it to Assembly Speaker Coughlin. Those three gentlemen, at the end of the day, drive every action that happens or does not happen in Trenton for, for, our, for our, in our purposes here. And it's no different in most other places in the country. So uh, a legislator, it's great if they introduce, that's where it's got to start, but then we need to get it on the agenda. And the only people that decide what gets on the agenda are really the two leaders of the houses, the Senate president and the assembly speaker. And oftentimes though, they're not even going to post a bill unless they know the governor's going to buy in. And that's just, you know, the politics of it. And, but listen, it's gotta start with that introduction. I didn't mean to start off on that negative foot with generating a, a headline or, or because, but th there is an element of that to that. So, but that is also the first step. So then people need pressure. We need people writing letters. We need people getting engaged. We need people going to leadership and saying, this is important, this is why, and really making people understand why that specific bill is going to help manufacturing. Without that kind of pressure and attention drawn to these issues, a bill is just going to sit there. We have thousands of bills introduced in the legislature right now that just sit there. So it takes 
advocates and people like us to, to rise it to the top of that pile and give it the attention it needs to get some legislative movement. Yeah, I, mean, I you know, and, and I appreciate what you've done, you know, you, you and, and, and people like Tony Russo and, and others, you know, have been really uh, positive, you know, in keeping us informed because while we do advocate and we go, you know, trying to help where we can, it's not our number one issue, you know, uh, mission, if you will. We're, we're doing lean programs, Six Sigma programs, ISO programs, apprenticeship programs. And, and these, these have to be our number one thing, but there are times when we have to engage the industry and, and it takes all of us because, you know, look, you know, you had a great program the other day, but man, I would have loved to have seen another 50 companies there. Yeah. You know, and I always say this about every meeting, you know, I mean, a couple of years ago at uh, our, our live manufacturing day, we had over 800, you know, companies involved and that was superb, but there's 11,000. Sure. So you look at it and you say, geez, you know, uh, we got to keep pushing that, that envelope. Uh, and it certainly isn't easy. And, you know, the common sense doesn't always win out. Yeah, and you know, it's a challenge for us here in New Jersey too, because we're a, we're a very, very heavy um, labor union driven state. And so business interests vary, which is why you don't see the consistency, right? So um, manufacturing across the board, your, your, your chemical manufacturers sometimes have different issues and your food manufacturers, right? And, and that's just one example, you know, uh, you know, my one small business member is not going to have the same issue as a large scale manufacturer. So business issues are complex. Whereas, you know, in this state, you know, letter writing campaigns, a lot of pressure that's put on politicians to get some of these really important pieces of policy either stopped or, or moved forward, depending on what the issue is. They have the, that number because they all have like-minded interests. We're business, we have like-minded in interests generally, but Sometimes we have different priorities. We have factions within factions and within factions that makes it harder to coalesce, I think, our people around certain issues. But you know, you're talking about the good work you do with ISO, right? And and Lean Six Sigma and you know, excellent opportunities for manufacturers. And you have us on this side that are fighting things like the $15 minimum wage that we have here in New Jersey yep. that I don't care if you are, you know, any kind of manufacturer, you know, every one of our manufacturing companies here in New Jersey are suffering and dealing with the challenges of this increase of $15 minimum wage. And so again, that's a great example of why our partnership makes sense, right? Because that $15 minimum wage, they, they wanted to have um, in place by 2022, which is January. At least in 2022, it'll it's going up to $12, but we got that increase to be much more elongated. So it wasn't just hitting manufacturers in the back of the head overnight, going from whatever it was, just under $9 to 15 overnight, right? We got it. I mean, it's a small win, but at least right from a budgetary perspective, our manufacturing companies could then budget for those annual increase. And we all know that that stability is something that is needed. So you may be ISO certified out the wazoo, 
But if you can't pay your people, you know, and you don't have that stability there to, to know what that wage increase is going to be, it's all got to marry together in order to make our manufacturers successful, which again is another good example, I think, of our partnership and how we work well together. Yeah, I think, you know, that that drives everybody a little bit. You know, no one uh, decries a, an increased minimum wage and most manufacturers do pay higher, but entry level, you know, is one thing and it's a trickle up problem, right? You know, That's exactly right. If, if the new guy on the floor makes $2 more than the, the guys, every other person makes $2 more and, and that becomes something. And, you know, I, I wouldn't belittle what the effort in drawing it out was phenomenally important for for manufacturing and other companies too, because at, at least you can plan ahead uh, and make some decisions. Uh, as we know, you know Pennsylvania, which we love to our west, uh, they're about eight dollars, and yep. we're, we're we're twelve. So it, it's you know, I think it matters. Yeah, it does matter. With you know, very much so. Uh, so I have this thing that I've done with everybody that's been on the show, and I, I ask five uh, fast five questions, and and whatever comes to your mind or to your dog's mind, if you think that will be helpful to you. Uh, <laughs> She's actually quiet right now. It's... Yeah. Well, there's there's always something. She's eating your couch or something. So. <laughs> exactly. uh, but I ask these five questions, and. Uh, uh, we, we like looking at them and, and what the results, because it's it's funny, so far, the answers have come out very similar. So let's see how uh, you, you compare. Uh, I'm number, a little nervous, I'm not gonna lie. Ah, well, this is this is big time, you know? Okay. <laughs> I, know I know what your educational status is, so I wouldn't <laughs> worry too much. <laughs> you, you'll be fine. Okay, okay, fair enough. Okay. Number one, is manufacturing in New Jersey dead? Absolutely not. Do you see something that makes that? Uh... Wait, was that not the right answer? I mean, that's the right answer. No, no, that's right. I agree with the answer, <laughs> but you're, you're so matter of fact. I appreciate that. I agree. Well, I mean, with listen, you. I represent South Jersey and we were so heavy in manufacturing in 60s, 70s, 80s, early 90s. And then we took a dip. And now we're seeing this resurgence here in South Jersey. Um, South Jersey is getting a hard look, especially by manufacturers, especially by food manufacturers too. Yeah. Um, and we've always, you know, especially food manufacturing, we have a food innovation center down in Cumberland County associated with Rutgers. We have a lot of exciting things happening, but I'm so optimistic because it's when I talk to folks about our region, it's one of, it's one of the industries that is, you know, it, in my opinion, on the way up again. Um, I don't know that we'll ever get back to where we were when the glass companies down in Salem County and Cumberland County were, you know, leading the way, but many of them are still leading the way. Um, there may just be a few, a few less of them. So anyway, I'm very optimistic because I see what's happening here in our region as far as manufacturing goes, and it's a place of blossoming manufacturing here in, in, in the southern part of the state. Okay. Number two, can... In your opinion, can the New Jersey economy exist slash thrive without manufacturing? Oh no, it can't. It's a it's a fundamental 
part of who we are economically as a state. Okay. Number three, why do you think it's such a heavy lift to convince our government, you know, both the, what they call the front, front office and the legislator to truly support this critical industry? We gotta wake them up and get their attention. We need the company owners, not, not the you and me, John. They talk to us more than they ever wanna to talk to us. They hear from us constantly. It's getting the actual owners or general managers of plants or boots on the ground people to articulate the issues facing manufacturing so it's not just you and I, they know us, they talk to us, they have us on speed dial and vice versa. So that's a very good thing, but it's also ends up being a little bit of a disadvantage because we're not a unique voice around the table. We not only need the business owners, the manufacturing owners, but we need them in mass to show up. I agree with you. Yeah, I had said something recently at one of the events I was speaking at, and I, I said that we went after uh, when there were some questions about masking rules and safety and plants and stuff. Uh, we worked for two weeks to get a whole bunch of letters sent to the governor, and two weeks we had 200. And that sounds like a huge number. And then I was told by a friend of mine that uh, a teacher saying that, uh, you know, they had a similar call to order and within 72 hours, they had over 10,000 emails and letters sent. And there's the difference, right? You know, uh, so you're, I agree 100% with that. Uh, okay, we talked a little bit about staffing and, and the people, but I, I want, in your opinion and what you hear from your members, uh, What's outside of staffing and workforce development, what's the number one issue for manufacturers in New Jersey? Uh, cost of doing business, specifically taxation rates here in New Jersey. Okay, and we hear similar, but we also hear things like... Um, DEP regulation costs? Yeah, regulation, lack of communication, yeah, lack of updates, so... Yep. You know... All right, and the last, the last question before we sign off, uh, do you think we're gaining enough ground? No, I don't think we're ever gaining enough ground. I would never say yes to that question because even if, I, even if we were gaining ground, then we're, then we're, then we're stopping. No, we're, all, we're never gaining enough ground. We have to constantly be moving forward. Um, so no, we're not gaining ground. I mean, we're gaining a little bit of ground in the fact that this manufacturing caucus is finally focused very hyper-specifically on manufacturing, which is great. Now it's what do we do with it? And by we, I don't mean me and you, John. I mean, what do we, the manufacturing community, whether they be the association heads, chambers of commerce, or actual businesses, what do we do to leverage this groundwork that's now been laid? And so... We've made some, some headway, of course, with this caucus. I definitely think it's a good thing, but now we need to maximize it. And then once we learn to maximize it, then we have to learn how to maximize it again. 
and again and again and continue to evolve because we as manufacturers in the state can never stay stagnant. The issues are constantly evolving. They're never going to stop. We're never going to get ahead of them. We just need to keep working actively and as often as possible with our policymakers. Yeah, I again, I agree with what you say. My concern, and maybe it's because I'm older and gotten beaten a lot, a little bit more than you have, but uh, well, uh, I've been, I've been beaten. <laughs> but uh, I worry because you know, I mean, we just went through an, an incredible time, and you know, we all dealt with the situation. And I'm very proud of the industry for stepping up and really filling gaps. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I'm I'm also nervous because there isn't a lot of recognition for what manufacturing did during the pandemic. You know, and that that makes me nervous uh, because I'm all for supporting, you know, our first responders, the medical, everybody. I mean, it, people did amazing things, but the manufacturers, and especially in New Jersey, went to work every day and kept doing it and, and providing us with so many things. And, and it makes me nervous that, you know, this blip of good feeling can easily change. So that's what makes me nervous. And the other thing that manufacturers did just about better than anyone is reinvent themselves when they needed to. Um, reinvent themselves um, to, you know, if whatever product they may manufacture was not needed during the pandemic, well, then how do, how do we make ourselves useful yeah. in other ways? And I think you saw that in manufacturing more than anything. So I, I do tend to agree with you, unfortunately, on, the, on that note that um, manufacturers definitely haven't gotten the nom that they should have for surviving and keeping yeah. their employees safe as yeah. well. Very, um, very It's true. another big piece of it um, over the past year and a half. So that's not a happy note to end on, but I do tend to agree with you on it. Well, it's a challenge. It's not, you know, it's not negative or positive. It's a challenge. And, and it brings us full circle talking about how, you know, creating these partnerships increases the voice. And, uh, you know, we all got to nudge these uh, manufacturers, tell them it's okay to speak up because a lot of them don't necessarily believe that. And, so anyway, thank you for being on, Christina. Uh, we, we've have been talking to Christina Renna. The, she's the CEO and president of the New Jersey South chamber you know uh and and believe it or not it, there there is a southern new jersey to all my friends who root for the giants all the time so there is a southern jersey and, and we're eagles fans yeah we've heard that and but we'll, we hate everyone including <laughs> each including each other it's fine <laughs> all right so we'll sign off this is uh you know uh, manufacturing partnerships making waves uh you know, the, the guys, uh, Tim and Lou over at Manufacturing Talk Radio uh, really support us and uh, and, and want to push our, our verbiage forward. So thank you. And uh, Christina, I'll see you soon. Absolutely, John. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.